For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome into the most important episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. Of course, every week is the most important episode because every game is the most important game. This is brought to you by our friend, Glover Quinn, the safety for the Detroit Lions, the all-pro, the interception leader, the Pro Bowl. So I'm sure he's going to have stuff to say about the Pro Bowl voting as well. Glover Quinn, my co-host, as always, pleasure to get to talk to you on the Believe in Lions podcast. Good morning. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Mixed up the intro a little bit because you're the one who has drilled this into me that every week is the most important game. And even though we're facing the Panthers, a team a lot of people want to write off, we can't afford to do that. We can't. And these are the games that show you that you are a playoff worthy team. You have to go and win games that you're supposed to win, especially in situations like this. You know, you can't go to Carolina and lay an egg. You know, you go out there and lay an egg, then you're not going to get in. And you're going to show that maybe you weren't in the playoff team this year. You know what I'm saying? So this is a game that they absolutely have to win. So, like I said, when you win in December, every every game becomes the most important game of the season. This right here is the most important game of the season for them right now. Nothing else matters but this game right here. And I was talking to a friend earlier this week who's a Bengals fan. What they had to say was, well, you they should beat the, the Panthers and they should beat the Bears. But, you know, the, they've got the Packers in Week 18. That's a big one to look forward to. And my response was, well, if they can't beat the Packers, they're not a playoff team. That's all there right. is to it. So I'm not going to start concerning myself down the road. We're going to take it one game at a time because if we can't win these next three, the Lions just aren't a playoff team. And that's really all there is to it. You are what your record shows. Football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's absolutely right. So, no need to looking for Green Bay. We got to beat Carolina this week. And there still would be no need to look for Green Bay. We'll have to beat Chicago at home. On New Year's Day, start the year off with a bang, and then we will worry about the Green Bay Packers and whatever situation that is. 
But for the last few times that I know of, last game of the season, Green Bay don't want to see Detroit. So we'll worry about them when we get there. Right now, we're going to go beat the Carolina Panthers. And if we, if and when we do beat the Carolina Panthers, the Lions will be an eight and seven football team. Seahawks play in Kansas City. If they lose to the Chiefs, they're a seven and nine foot or seven and eight football team. Commanders are in San Francisco. That loss would put them as a seven, seven and one football team, which would mean the Giants or sorry, the Lions would be the seven seed. But also, if these two teams lose, the Giants will clinch a playoff spot with a win over Minnesota, but the Lions can still pass the Giants and get that six seed. There is a lot at stake this week. Next week, the Lions could go from currently the nine seed to the six seed in just two weeks. Right, and those are tough games for all of those teams. I mean, it's going to be tough for Seattle to, to, to beat Kansas City. They're a good football team. It's going to be tough for the commanders to beat the, the 49ers, that's a tough game for them. And even the Giants, you know, the Vikings, that's a tough game. So, like we talked about a few weeks ago, I mean, all those teams got tough, tough, tough schedules to close out the year. And the Lions, you know, on paper don't have as tough of a schedule. You know, Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay, they're not as tough on paper. Obviously, like we say, you, you still got to go out and play the games. And anybody can beat you at any time. So you can't take them lightly. You just have to go and win the games that you're supposed to win. But for us as media people, on paper, the Lions have the easiest road. So they have to take advantage of that. They do. They really do. And not looking too far ahead to Week 17, but Lions versus Bears. Giants host the Colts. Seahawks host the Jets. And Commanders host the Browns. Those aren't easy matchups either, either for any team. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right now, it's the Carolina Panthers. And it's securing that seventh seed for the Detroit Lions. What do you think when you first look at this Carolina Panthers team? Because they are almost an enigma where they don't. They finally started putting together an identity the last couple of weeks, but their identity has been a run heavy team and they ran the ball 12 times against the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I haven't watched a lot of Carolina this year. Just to be honest with you. <laughs> Why would you? Right. You know, I've kind of watched from a distance and you've seen the disarray that this went on with Robbie Anderson and him being gone. They fired a coach early in the season him being gone, um, they got rid of Baker. They had Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, and they get Baker Mayfield out of there. And Sam, like, I really don't know. And then you look up at the end of the year, and it's like, man, they got a chance to make the playoffs if they can do this and this and that. So, you know, that's a product of the NFC South being an awful division. Um, but I really haven't watched much of Carolina. They're not an exciting football team to me. I don't know who I would really even watch those games for. Um, but like you said, I, I, just over the history, you know, they've had and tried to be a running team, you know, regardless of who the coaches were. You know, they've had Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams and you go to Christian McCaffrey and you go, you know, all these guys that they try to run the ball. So if that's going to be your identity and play tough defense, like they used to have with Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis and, you know, all those guys, then that has to be your identity. You can't say that that's your identity and run the ball 12 times. 
So it seems to me like they don't know. It's just kind of based off of how the game is going. If, if we can run it, cool. If we can't run it, then we're going to try to do something else. Either way, it doesn't bode well for them against the Detroit Lions if the Lions play the game that they're supposed to play. That's that the is- only thing that worries me is are the Lions going to show that they are a mature, experienced football team and go out and play the way that they should play? Or are they going to play down to the level of the Carolina Panthers and leave them in the game? And when you leave a team in the game, it can go either way. These are NFL football players. And that's what I'm going to be watching most intently is, yes, they did play a little bit safe against the Jets. They were playing not to lose at times, but the Jets are still a quality football team. They've had issues at quarterbacks, but they've got a great defense. They've got skilled position players. So it's not as though letting the Jets hang around is overly surprising. Just you'd like to see them put it away earlier. So if the Lions can come out, put up some points on their first drive, their second drive, it's going to be tough for Sam Darnold to really get into comeback mode because Darnold can't be feeling the love that Jared Goff has got from the Detroit Lions because Darnold, he gets traded from the Jets there. You know, you're still a young guy. You're still developing, but new, new franchise, new organization. We're going with Zach Wilson. Then he goes to Carolina, doesn't have a great first year there. Then they bring in Baker Mayfield. They draft a quarterback in the third round. Darnold goes down at the start of the season. Baker's the QB. Then Baker gets benched. Then the new starter, P.J. Walker from the XFL, he suffers a high ankle sprain. So Baker's back. And then Sam's back. And then Baker's benched for Sam. Baker asks for a trade. Now he's with the Rams. There's just so much turmoil happening with this team and part of it is they fire the head coach but Steve Wilkes he's also coaching for his job former Arizona Cardinals technically he was the head coach but he'd never had full power that a head coach had he couldn't hire his own assistants even so there's just so much at play and at stake here for so many people it's almost a career game for Sam Darnold and Steve Wilkes if you can win out you're helping your NFL career, but if you lose out, you're not in a great position. Yeah, that's tough. You know, that's tough. That organization, that like all those things that you talked about. I mean, that's just a lot of turmoil. That's a lot for in team, two or three right? years, right? Yeah, if, I mean, that's just a had, lot. If you had four different planned quarterbacks in three, four years, that'd be a lot for that to happen in one season. Yeah, how do, how do you get in the offensive rhythm? Like, how do your receivers, your O-line, like all those guys are different. Sam Dorn is different from Baker Mayfield, who's different from P.J. Walker. Or, or that, like, they're just different guys. And, yeah, like I say, I I don't want to discredit or discount them as an NFL football team because they are, and we've clearly seen that they can beat teams. They've won games. They've put themselves in a situation to where, like you said, if they went out, they can make the playoffs. And, you know, like you said, Steve Wilkes, who, you know, I hated how they done him in Arizona. Like you said, they didn't even give him full reign, but then you want to fire him after one year. Like, how do you expect him to make stuff happen or do anything? If you don't even give him power to hire people, you just, like, that's just awful to me how they did that. Um, 
you know, so you wish the best for him, but this is just one of those games where you just hope that, you know, the Lions, the Lions got to get the win, like Sam Dorner. Like I root for all these guys to have great careers and, and to play great and do these type of things, but this is just not the week for you. So um, it sucks that it's, it has to be like that, but that's just the way it has to be. Um, there's people and coaches and players on the lines that are probably in some of the same situation that they're coaching for their career and they're playing for their career. That is the NFL. That is what we face each and every week. Somebody is coaching for something better. Somebody's playing for something better. It just is what it is. So everybody has a story. None of those matter when they kick out the ball. We're going they- to win the game. They don't matter, truly. This is this is the crazy thing about the NFL. Is there's so many personalities to root for, so many players that we love. But when you kick that off, none of it matters. All we care about is the Lions getting the win however they can. And from a defensive perspective, looking at this Panthers offense, it's, it's cr- kind of wild. And again, you don't want to just focus on the box scores because that's not how you do analysis. But... Christian McCaffrey is still the number two in targets, receptions, and receiving yards on the team. And he hasn't been there for about two months. So DJ Moore, he is over double the next closest wide receiver in targets, in receptions, and sixty over 60% of the yards of the number two. And then you look at the offensive line, and the right side of the offensive line is significantly stronger, more established than the left. A younger left side of the line is what it is. They're still developing. So from a defensive perspective, you know they're going to target DJ more, and you know that the left side of the offensive line is weaker than the right. How do you sort of attack this? Because this is two different dynamics that we're looking at here. Well, they're going to cover up DJ Moore. It's hard to win with just one target. Um, we've seen the Lions play a few different times where we, you know, you may see Justin Jefferson go for a lot of yards, but they shut down everybody else. So um, I think they'll do a job defensively. And, you know, with that old line, I mean, you look at the Lions' pass rush the last few weeks. I mean, if one side is weak, you know, between James Houston, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, these new guys that are coming in, somebody's coming from some side. It just is what it is. So um, the Lions have to take advantage of that, though. Like I say, the Lions have all the things that you will want to see on paper to go out and absolutely play a phenomenal game and not give the, the fans a hard time on Christmas Eve. Um, but you never know how the game's going to really go. No. All we hope is they pull it out the win. These are tough games. I I don't want to I don't want to overstep that lightly. Like these are tough games. These are tough games. You know, you're going on the road. It's gonna be cold. It's art blast going across the whole freaking USA. So it's gonna be cold, supposedly. Um you're going on the road two times in a row. You're playing against a a Carolina team that's fighting for their life as well. So the Lions have to come in with the right mentality because it would be a very sad Christmas if they don't go and win this game. So like I said, it's the biggest game of the year. There's going to be a lot of heartbroken kids out there if the Lions lose on Christmas Eve and then Christmas morning under the tree. They've got an Aiden Hutchinson, an Amon Ross St. Brown, maybe a Glover Quinn jersey under the Christmas tree. 
it just won't feel the same coming off a loss. So do it for the kids, Detroit. Do it for the kids out there. Santa is willing a Detroit Lions victory. And I think a lot of it just comes down to doing what they're supposed to playing their game. I don't think you have to go and get too crazy doing anything different than we've seen because we've seen they can double cover or, you know, mix and match. You get Jeff Akuda on DJ more often. Sometimes you bring the safety over. Sometimes you put the CB2. You can mix that in the run game. We've seen lately, you don't have to do anything special as the Lions. They've just come together as a unit to everyone's filling a gap. Everyone's tackling together. So it's not as though the Lions need to do anything too out of their depth, anything too crazy. They've just got to play their football game. And for you as an NFL player, is that... What's that like going into a week like that where you just know, hey, if we play our game, we should win? Like I say, it's, it's a great feeling to know that. It's just harder to execute that mentally. It's a lot going on this week. It's Christmas week, right? So you're having your Christmas parties and your Christmas dinners and you're doing all that. You're having to deal with your family for Christmas and all this stuff. And you're playing Carolina. So sometimes you can skim over the at-home preparation that you generally do because you probably got a little more obligation this week. It's Christmas week. You can skim over some of the at-work preparation that you do because it's Christmas week. It's a lot going on. And you can throw it and justify it as, oh, we're just playing Carolina. We should beat Carolina. If we just play our game, we'll beat Carolina. But the preparation is what allows you to play your game. So that's what scares me. Now, I do feel like, and I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched a lot of Carolina. But I do feel like if the Lions play their best game and Carolina play their best game, the Lions should win the game. If the Lions don't play their best game and Carolina don't play their best game, the Lions still should win. I feel like the Lions, if the Lions don't play their best game, but Carolina plays their best game, then Carolina could win the game. If the Lions don't play their best game and Carolina don't play their worst game, but they don't play their best game, I think the Lions still will win. So I think there's only one scenario where the Lions lose, and that's if Carolina plays their best game and the Lions don't play their best game. If the Lions play awful and Carolina plays good, then Carolina will win the game. Absolutely. And that's going to happen for most teams in the NFL. That's why (laughs) any team can beat any team on any given week, but we're not going to allow that to happen. We're hoping that everyone at home is just taking care of themselves. Got to go back to the Christmas party question for you. You mentioned that a little bit. Is that home Christmas parties, you know, the family and everything, or the teams actually do something together to celebrate Christmas. Or is it just too business oriented to even let that creep in? Cause I know a lot of people have Halloween parties. What's Christmas like? I mean, we used to have a Christmas party, you know, okay. um, and I don't know when they would do it. Generally our Christmas party would be um, like it would have probably like this, this week coming off a win and you don't never know if you're coming off a win or not cause they're always planning it. But it probably would have been like Monday night, you know, because 
Monday is, or would have been last Monday, maybe. Okay. With them playing on Christmas Eve, or with, yeah, with them playing on Saturday, their work their work week might might have looked differently, right? Like Monday might have been considered like the Tuesday off day, right? So then Tuesday would have been like Wednesday work. Wednesday would have been like Thursday. Thursday would have been like Friday, because Friday you got to travel like Saturday, and Saturday you got to play like Sunday. So Monday maybe wasn't a a normal Monday. Probably was their Tuesday. So then last week they probably would have done it on Friday night before they left to go to the Jets, or they probably would have done it on Monday last week before the preparation for the Jets because you would have had a normal week. So Tuesday would have been an off day. You have a Christmas party Monday night with the staff, the players, families, wives, kids, you know, all that fun stuff on a Monday night when you got Tuesday off. But I don't know. I didn't see any pictures, didn't hear anything. So I don't know if the Lions did that or not. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting until after Christmas too. Maybe that's when the Christmas. No, no. Mm-mm. After Christmas parties, after Christmas, Christmas parties. Mm-mm. Gotcha. Because the minute Christmas is over with, everybody is literally into the New Year's parties. Okay. Like, I don't know many after Christmas, Christmas parties. Like, people will have a Christmas party three weeks before Christmas. But I don't know many people that will have a Christmas party. Uh, two days after Christmas. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's a yeah. big lead up to Christmas, and once it's here, it's here. And when it's gone, it's over. It's on to New Year's. So, I've seen them come as early as, I mean, I've seen people have Christmas. I mean, you look at Christmas parades. They're the first of December, and it's like, you know what I'm saying? People will celebrate Christmas all the way up until Christmas. Once Christmas is over with, it's over with. So, I think they've already had a Christmas party if they're going to have one. If they haven't had one already, then they're not having one. Yeah, this is true. You get that quick hook as soon as Christmas is done. Maybe, maybe as a family, you let it bleed into Boxing Day. But after that, no, we're on to the new year. And it must be interesting for a team like the Lions, who are just so focused right now. I don't know how that would shake out. But for you as a player, some of the Christmas parties you've been to, are there anything too crazy? Because every Halloween, you see the Randy Moss and Bill Belichick. Hey, come to my Christmas party, Bill. I want you at my Christmas party dressed as a pirate. And that's not crazy, crazy. That's just a lot of fun, you know? So was yeah, there anything Christmas like party. that with the coaches? Yeah, Christmas parties weren't like that. Christmas parties are more formal, gotcha. dressier, you okay. know, Christmas parties. Dan Campbell's yeah. not dressing as Santa. I, I don't know. Dan Campbell possibly could, but you know, the ones Jim that I've Caldwell been to, wasn't Santa. Matt Patricia wasn't Santa. Nah, I don't even remember. I don't remember Matt Patricia even having one. I don't even remember. I don't even remember going to a Christmas party with Matt Patricia. Um, but with Coach Caldwell, nah, we used to dress up. You know, he would want you in a, you know, nice jacket, a nice, nice fit. Like you, you show up looking, looking spiffy for the Christmas party. Um, the ones I had in Houston, you know, Coach Kubiak used to throw a big party at his house and he would always have like performers and, you know, things like that. But they all, like I said, they were more formal parties, nothing really crazy at the Christmas party. 
no real gift exchange or anything like that. It was just for a party. If you did a gift exchange, you did that mainly with your position group. Mm-hmm. So as a DB, we used to have like our Christmas dinner. We would go out and do a dinner and then we would do like our our gift exchange um, at the dinner and stuff like that. Some groups might just do a gift exchange in, you know, in their meeting room. Just kind of all depends. You yeah. know, you look at a receiver group, they may only have five or six guys. You know, as DBs, we're going to have 10 to 12 guys. You know, you throw in a couple practice squad guys who might have 14 guys. So we would always do a big dinner. That was really when we would do our rookie dinner oh, okay. for Christmas. And then we would you know, do our gift exchange. Are you tired of having to play family sports across multiple platforms? Well, now. You can play fantasy sports the way you want, all in one place with Rival Fantasy. RivalFantasy.com is the only fantasy sports platform with three unique game styles. Number one, we've got challenges where you create your own head-to-heads like DeAndre Swift will outscore Jamal Williams, and then other players will feel free to challenge you directly. We also have number two, the fantasy book, the traditional over-unders that we all know and love, and number three, We've got Fantasy Bingo that you can play only at RivalFantasy.com. Our friends at PlayerProfiler.com have a special offer for you with Rival Fantasy. Sign up today with RivalFantasy.com and use promo code PLAYER and you will activate your 100% first play insurance so you can play worry-free. That's RivalFantasy.com for a 100% loss protection up to $50 on your first deposit with promo code PLAYER, courtesy of PlayerProfiler.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, interesting. And you see it different positions in different teams. It's always handled differently. Of course, if you're an offensive line, you're probably getting a gift from your quarterback, maybe a gift from your running back. Heard uh, earlier this week or last week that the offensive line for Barry Sanders, he would get them a gift every year. And one year, the offensive line had to tell Barry, no, no, we're getting you the gift. You are making all of us look better, Barry. So we're just getting, we'll we'll get you something special. It's just, it's nice to see all of these stories come up. And speaking of your former defensive back room, a couple of your buddies got some good news yesterday. Another Pro Bowl for Darius Slay and for Quandre Diggs. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's three for Quandre. I think that's five for Slay. Um, congrats to those guys. And it's never, you know, you can never go to too many. You never get tired of getting getting voted in. You never get tired of going. So, um, you don't get tired of going and playing the Pro Bowl game, or I mean, it's different. It's different okay. this year. So, you want to go? It's different, and it's in Vegas. You know, so you want to go. You never want to, you never don't want to go and be celebrated, you know, to be amongst the best, to be, you know, like you want that. So congrats to those guys. Great years. Um, 
you know, very deserving. Very much so. Very much so. It's always nice seeing your friends get recognition that they deserve. As oh, yeah. The- I still get those guys a hard time, though. Quandry dropping interceptions. <laughs> He's had a couple. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. He, well, can no, you- he can no longer talk about being top two in hands and not number two. He, no. He, you know, I got to put him, he got to slide down to fourth, maybe. And did you hear what uh, Darius Slay? I think it was two games ago he said this, but Darius Slay, he doesn't want to play corner anymore. He wants to go and move to wide receiver because he thinks Jalen Hurts is so good. Even he could go for a thousand yards. Uh, don't do it, Slay. <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, Slay is a phenomenal athlete. Don't get me wrong. Not a receiver. No, don't do it, Slay. Stay at corner, make a couple more Pro Bowls, boss. Get a couple more interceptions. You're, as a friend of the show, Darius Lay, he's been on before. Maybe not going for a thousand yards. Nah, <laughs> nah. I can't see that. I can't see that. But I mean, you know, you get him in the right system, he might catch a go ball on you every now and then. Oh, for but sure. Outside of that. You know, running dig routes and comeback routes and slants across the middle. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, looking at um, the Lions, though, because they got a little bit of recognition, too, from the Pro Bowl, as well as your friends did. Another former teammate, Frank Ragnow, he's the one selection for the Detroit Lions, the only one who actually made the team, but... We've got Penny Sewell. He's the first alternate at offensive tackle. We've got Amon Ross St. Brown. He's the first alternate at wide receiver. Jared Goff is the third alternate at quarterback. And then we've got a mix of Jonah Jackson, Jamal Williams, Jason Cabinda, Aiden Hutchinson, Taylor Decker, and Khalif Raymond, who are all alternates in some form or fashion. And that's, a, you know, that's good for those guys to be, you know, for, for Frank to get voted in and for those other guys to get some recognition and become alternates. Unfortunately, this year, on, unless a player is injured, seriously injured, or playing in the Super Bowl, they're not going to turn down this trip because it's new. They're not having to play a real game. They're going to have skills competition and fun, and it's going to be in Vegas. So, you know, last year, being the first alternate, you could probably almost pencil in that you were probably going to go because guys are just going to pull out. They don't want to play in the game. They're going to, yeah, I'm injured. I don't, I don't want to go out there, right? This year is new. It's different. They're not playing the real game. They're playing seven-on-seven, seven, doing skills competitions. They're celebrating them for a whole week in Vegas. So unless they're playing in the Super Bowl or unless they are absolutely broken, they are going this year. So that's unfortunate because, like I said, some of those guys who are first alternates may not get to go just because nobody's bagging out. But like I said, you will have two Super Bowl teams. So, you know, for Jamal, um, I mean, Miles Sanders will have to make it to the Super Bowl. And, you know, Saquon Barkley is not going to make it. And, uh, Troy Pollard could go, but if Troy goes, then Miles not going. So I don't know if there's going to be what was Jamal second alternate, third alternate. I think it's third. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be two guys pull out and another two alternates don't go for you to make it. Amon, I didn't even see who the wide receivers were for the uh, NFC. 
not, I actually don't think I looked that one up either. Let me pull that up and see who else he would be. I think AJ Brown is one of them. He's got a shot at the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. And who else? CD Lamb, I imagine, was one of them. Here, let's see. 2023 Pro Bowl. Pulling it up here. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to make it no matter what. Panay as well at the tackle position. Because offensive linemen, do you think offensive linemen are going to be pulling out this year? Knowing no, it's they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. They get the chance to show off the hands and some flag right, football. Like, they're not doing anything all week but freaking partying in Vegas. Why would they pull out? Can't do it. Absolutely can't do it. No. All right. We've got the receivers here. Oh, Justin Jefferson. Of course, Justin Jefferson made it. Justin Jefferson. I mean, unless Minnesota goes to the Super Bowl, he's going. Yeah, CD Lamb's going. CD AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin's the number four. Well, Terry's not going to Super Bowl. Justin's probably not going to Super Bowl. Unfortunately, nobody from San Francisco wide receivers made the Pro Bowl. So Amon, Amon might could make it. AJ Brown may go to the Super Bowl or Justin Jefferson. It'd be it's gonna be it'll be tough. But him being the first alternate, he'll have a shot. Some one of those guys may go to the Super Bowl. Is this something unless the that, 49ers unless the, unless the 49ers win? Is this something that you as a player are actually watching? So when you see you're the first alternate, are you kind of counting down? Well, this guy might pull out because of this injury. This guy might uh, make the Super Bowl. Is that something you're counting now, or is it still too early and you're waiting until much closer to? I mean, I don't think. Like, I think when it initially happens, you know, sometimes it depends on who the guys are, right? If the guys are you feel that made it are you feel legitimately are better or had better years, then you're probably okay with being the first alternate. And you're just like, okay. But then you may look at it and say, well, you know what? I'm probably going to still get to go because one of these two guys are going to probably go. But I mean, if, if, if you know, if you are making a playoff run and you're an alternate, you probably sitting there like, uh, I may not get to go because we're probably going to try to be in a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, but then sometimes, you know, being that first alternate could be like, a feeling hurt, like a hurt feeling. Like, what do you mean? I'm an alternate. I had better years than all those guys. And I can say that because that's how I felt in 2017. I felt like I had a better year than every guy that got voted to the Pro Bowl in 2017. But I was the first alternate. So then when they called me to come to the Pro Bowl, I didn't want to go. I was like, nah, I'm good. So they took somebody else. Because, I, like I said, I felt like I had a better year than all those guys. So, I don't want to go as an alternate. I should have been there on the first ballot. I should have been there on the first ballot. Like I'm there on the first ballot. Maybe I do go. You know what I'm saying? So, and then, like I say, it's it's different. Like when when you when when I mean when you come out of the season and you know you're going to Pro Bowl. You know if you don't make the playoffs, you got three weeks. You got to kind of stay in shape. You got to kind of do this and that. What well, used to be because you were playing the game. Now it's kind of like, you know, you just get to go and kind of have fun. You can you can horse around through some 707. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, so I think more players are going to go, which would be good. You know what I'm saying? Because you want, you want, you know, you want the guys to go to get voted in. That's who the fans want to see. 
And I mean, I, although I think one of those AFC teams, one of those AFC quarterbacks are going to make it to the Super Bowl. But, you know, if somebody shows up in the AFC and, you know, goes on a hot streak, I think it'll be cool to see Joe Burrow, Jeff, I mean, Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes at the Pro Bowl. Like, I think that'd be cool. I don't know if we've ever seen, you know, stuff like that, because a lot of times those top quarterbacks that get voted in, one of them's going to the Super Bowl, so they don't play, and the other one's probably pulling out because they don't want to go. They don't want to play in the actual real game, but they'll go do some seven-on-seven flag football. They'll do that. So, I just have to sit back there. You can't. You can't hit me. I just have to sit back there and pop, and pop throw it. Pop. I get to spin it. You get to see these guys shooting like NBA basketball players in the street ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, I talk about. I posted something the other day. I'm like. NBA players don't miss outside of in the NBA games, right? You catch those guys in the in the local gym, they don't miss. I'm just letting you know. They don't miss. That's how NFL quarterbacks are. Like, you catch them outside of a real NFL game, they don't miss. Like, everything is soup, 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 soup. They don't miss. That's just how it is. Those guys are accurate. They can throw. They don't miss. So, I mean – that's why it's pro ball. This is just skill. Like I know, some of the, some of the times we see stuff on TV and you think, oh, they're just did. No, these guys are skilled. This is pro ball. Like it's not. This is not your average Joe. These guys are skilled, and so you will get to see that, you know, at this year's pro ball, and it'd be exciting. And there's just going to be so many social media clips, which is good for the NFL. It just continues to grow the game, which is already the biggest sport in North America. But it's just those things that just makes the fans happier, gets them more involved. All of that is good for football. We're excited to see that. One thing I do want to ask you about before we do get you out of here and get your final prediction is something that is almost becoming not so good for the game in college. And of course, I'm not saying get rid of the transfer portal, but you had your post the other day. A lot of these guys are transferring for nothing, for no reason. And it should exist because sometimes kids get into situations where they were lied to or the coach leaves and all of that. And so they should have this option. But now we're almost at the point where it's, a the first choice is to transfer instead of building up a program and like you said they're gonna find you if you are good enough they are going to find you yeah i, I you know i i'm gonna say this because i don't really like how it's been you know used or whatever i understand that the transfer portal was created because you know, it was an outcry for the players because, you know, coaches could leave a player, go and sign with a team, you know, because they got a specific coach. Coach leaves after a year or whatever. Now the player is stuck. If the player wants to leave, he got to sit out a year and all these different things. So you create this system, right? Totally understandable. I get that part. The thing that gets me is, People was telling me, you know, what about the guy that's buried on the depth chart? He's fourth or fifth. And I'm sitting there like, when he went on his recruiting visit, when Joe Burrow, they kept bringing up Joe Burrow. When Joe Burrow went on his recruiting visit to Ohio State, those quarterbacks were there. 
Did you think you were going to walk in there and be the top guy? No, those guys were there. Point blank, period. Maybe you thought you could outplay them. I don't know what it was, but you chose to go there knowing that those other quarterbacks were there. Then you see an opportunity that you can maybe go to LSU, so you transfer. Understandable, right? The thing that gets me is when you look at the lower-level schools, non-Power 5 schools, it's really turning into a glorified junior college. Mm-hmm. Because these guys are going to lower-level schools, and they're starters on their football teams. They are starters, not guys buried on the depth chart. They are starters. They're having good years. And now they're transferring from the team to try to go to a bigger school. That's where I kind of have a problem with it. And they say, well, why don't they get a right to go and better themselves? Okay. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and fight you, argue you, you make your own decisions. At the end of the day, the grass is not always greener. And somebody tried to bring up, well, coaches get to do this and do that. And I said, I simply said, coaches' eligibility don't have a shelf life. Players do. Coaches can leave, transfer, this and this and that. They can coach to the rest of the rest of their life. I said, coaches either get fired or coaches get promoted. Coaches don't have a good year and just just leave the team and say, oh, I know somebody's going to want me to come coach their team, so I'm just going to leave because I led this team to the MEAC, you know, conference championship, and we had a great year, and I know I'm a good coach, and I know I can get a better opportunity, so I'm just going to leave. Hey, coach, hey, I'm leaving this organization. Somebody's going to hire me. Coaches don't do that, right? They don't do that. They leave when they get fired or they leave when they get offered another job, right? So these players who jump in this portal, are they guaranteeing you guys scholarships? Are you guaranteed to get a better offer? No, you're just becoming a part of another big pool. Now, I get it. If you was a top guy coming out and, you know, you did so that, yeah, you may have a better chance to go to a different school. But at the end of the day, you're putting yourself out there with a whole nother group of college players that's fighting for a scholarship amongst all the high school kids coming out that's fighting for a scholarship. So now you have, and like I say, it hurts high school recruiting because these high school kids can't get recruited like they supposed to or they get offered because these coaches are waiting to see who's going to enter the portal. Who do I have an opportunity to get out of the portal? I just think it's bad. I just think it's bad. I think having having legitimate reasons to transfer is cool. Just to transfer just because, like, I feel like that's, I don't know. And like I said, I don't want to take people's uh, decisions to control their life and, and and you know, do the things that they feel like is best for them. I just don't think it's good for the game. I don't think it's good for football. Um, you know, it's really not my cup of tea. And like I say, I may feel that way because 
like I said, I went to a lower non-Power 5 school. I wouldn't say lower, but University of New Mexico, we're not a Power 5 school. And so when you're trying to build a program, you're, you're trying to find these good guys that can play and you can build your program around. So it's very difficult to build a program to where you can become someone who can consistently be a winner if every time you have a good freshman or a good sophomore, it's like, all right, they leave. Now you got to try to find somebody else. Like, it becomes very difficult. And, but that's their choice. That's what they chose to do. That's your option. You exercise that option. So I understand it from that point of view. I just don't like it. Like I say, I can understand being at a big school, you trapped in a depth chart, you got injured, somebody else came in, and you still feel like you can play and you want an opportunity to show that. I understand that. Being a starter on the football team, like <laughs> you're the starter on the team. Like you're the starter. You're the leading tackler on the team. I don't I- know. I, I completely agree with you. And I, I like that you put it in so many from so many different outlooks because I believe that you should have the freedom to be able to make that choice. However, you probably shouldn't make that choice in most situations. It's a beautiful thing that these kids wear because you'd see the stories all the time. Player wants to move home because a family member's sick, have to sit out a year. The fact that that's completely being eliminated is beautiful, but you get people just transferring to transfer. And yes, I believe they should have that right and that freedom. It's not necessarily the best thing for them, the best thing for the program, even the best thing for the new school they're going to. And you hear so many stories from the past where Jalen Hurts, he sat that whole year as the backup, did right by his team, and then he moves on. Beautiful. It worked out well for everyone. Alvin Kamara, he realizes, I am far too immature to be at Alabama. I got to go sit out a year and try to figure out my life and how to get back on track. He was at least had the sense to realize that. And that's the problem is a lot of these kids aren't learning the big picture and it's just the immediate, well, I got to make a move because I got to make a move. And that's where we're running into so many issues. And it's just, it's unfortunate because you just want everyone to succeed. That's all I want is every player out there. I want them to maximize their bet the best of their abilities win as many championships as possible. It's just, you you hope the best for them and you hope it works out in their new situation. But so many times these kids end up in an area with some brown grass. Yeah. It's tough. We'll see. We'll it see. Is. I was looking at, I was looking at some numbers. I don't know where I was looking at that at. Um, but they were just talking about how the amount the amount of players that's been in the portal year after year, like it's over 8,000 players in the transfer portal this year. Like it's not 8,000 and, and only like 40% of them are getting like, so that means you, you got people that are giving up scholarships and that's always been my problem. And that was my problem. Even when it came to, the NBA, right? I didn't really like what the NBA did when they were like, you can't go straight out of high school. You can go to college for a year and then go. Like, what's the point? Right? Because you get these guys who are probably surefire NBA players, right? 
LeBron James. Yeah, and, and they have to go to college for one year, but they know they only going for a year. So they really only doing enough to pass classes for the first semester to be eligible for second semester. And they probably not even going to class the whole second semester because I'm going to the NBA and it's basketball season. I'm not going to be here anyway. Who cares, right? And I'm not saying that they do this, but maybe they do, right? But I, it, I think about all these high school athletes that need that college scholarship, want that college scholarship, they can turn into some really good college basketball players to get their education, build your program around some of these guys because everybody's not going to the NBA. But they don't get that offer because you gave it to this guy who you knew was going to be gone after a semester. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now these kids are just having to find other like places to – and it's like, hey, man, if you're good enough to go to the NBA, just go to the NBA. If you want to come to college, then you're going to be here for at least three years. If you want to go to the NBA, go. If you come to college, you're going to be here for three years. But they was like, no, you just got to go one year. What, is, what, is, what does that do? Like, what does that do? Who what's does the difference? Help? What Like, what's the major difference in an 18-year-old and an 18-year-old? Like, one, like, I'm not saying it's not a difference in a year, but like, Playing one year of college basketball is going to make that much of a difference. They're going to grow that much in maturity. Really? No, I feel like you want to put them in situations to get in trouble because it's a whole lot different going to college knowing that I'm going to go to the NBA. So I really don't have to take this much seriously. I just got to do enough to be eligible to play second semester. That's the thing. They're, they're, if you wanted to create a whole system to prop people up and teach, actually educate people, then and financial literacy and all that, that that'd be great. That'd be so awesome because then people are actually maturing. You're not actually maturing when you just said, "Hey, just just get you know get a 60. As long as you get a 60, you're good. We don't care about what what class you get a 60 in. We don't care about any of that. Just get your 60s and then show up for spring ball, and we'll be good for the season. And it's the same with entering the NFL draft too. I believe that all these underclassmen should have the ability to enter, but so many guys where they're not ready. And if they had someone honest in their life, they would say, you're not going to get drafted and you should probably just come back. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, one, one, one of a family friend of mine, I realized was had entered the, into the draft this year. I didn't even know he was coming out this year. I was like, oh, wow. He still had another year. He plays wide receiver. His name is Parker Washington at um, Penn State. Okay. He plays wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but he decided to come out this year. I didn't I didn't even know he was coming out this year. But he's a junior. Um, so, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe he got good information. I don't know. Um, maybe he felt like he was ready. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. So congrats to those guys, man. That's, 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 you know, taking their career and, you know, running it how they want to run it. You know, only thing is you just got to understand, you know, as a, as an adult, you are responsible for your own decisions. So you make decisions and they don't work out for you. Then that's, you, you gotta, you gotta look in the mirror. 
you make decisions and they do work out for you. Hey man, great job. Great job. Go get it. If you feel like you can go get it, go get it. I still don't have to like it. I still don't have to agree with some of it, but I try to tell my kids if it don't involve me, if it don't impact my life, if it don't affect my life, no reason for me to stress about it. So another kid transferring school don't involve me, don't impact me, don't affect me. That's what they want to do. You go right ahead. I don't have to like it. I don't have to stress about it either. That's a truly the best way that you can be about this situation. Cause in the end, we just want everyone to succeed. All of this conversation. It's not to say, well, we know better than you. We know your situation. All we're saying is just think about it because we want the best for you and we want the best for the Detroit lions. So when we offer criticisms and when we offer insights, it's because we want the best. We just want everyone to succeed this weekend. We want the lions to succeed with and. I actually don't remember what the spread is. I think the Lions are three and a half, four point favorites. Make sure you're betting with our friends over at Bet Online if you do. But Glover, what do you think the final score will be this coming Saturday? Mm. Mm. This coming Saturday. Let me check the forecast real quick. All right. Let me check the forecast. That does matter. Well, That's especially for the Lions, it depends on what kind of game style they're actually going to play, right? Right. Let me check the weather. Where are we at? Where do they play at? Carolina. Charlottesville? Is that where the stadium's located? Charlotte. Or Charlotte. Yeah. North Carolina. Let me see. Man, it's so cold. There it ain't even pulling up. <laughs> <laughs> it's 39 and raining right now. Ooh. Sunday, Saturday is going to be a low of 13, but a high of 31. But it's going to be sunny. Okay. So I'm going to go. The Lions have been scoring 30 plus points at home. On the road, they've been around 18 to 24 points. So I'm going to go. The Lions are going to win. And I'm going to go with a score of 24 to 21. You think the Panthers are going to score some points on the Lions? I'm worrying about it. I'm just worrying about it's been a, it's been a Christmas week. And you're playing the Carolina Panthers. And you're going on the road. So I'm worried about how the Lions mentally are going to be ready for this game. But I'm going to go 24-21. The Lions will win it. And they'll win two close, tough games on the road back-to-back in December. And then head home to face the Bears 
in the new year. And you know we own the Bears. We own the Bears. It's a great time to be a Detroit Lions fan. Glover, as always, I am so thankful getting to talk to you several times a week. Truly a pleasure. Any final thoughts? Any final takeaways before we get you out of here? Nah, man. Enjoy the holidays. Be safe. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, Happy Christmas Eve. Get to watch some Lions football on Christmas Eve. So um, enjoy the holidays. Hug your loved ones. Um, That's about it. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And go, Detroit Lions. We will see next time after this W that the Lions are about to get. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.